We're going to read this morning from John chapter 18. It's a short one. We'll be reading from verse 33. And Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoning Jesus, and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, Do you ask this on your own, or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not from this world. If my kingdom were from this world, my followers would be fighting to keep me from being handed over to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not from here. Pilate asked him, So you are a king? Jesus answered, You say that I am a king. For this I was born, and for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone who belongs to the truth hears my voice. Let's pray. Lord, you are king. Jesus, you came into the world for this reason. To reveal a kingdom that is not from this world, but one that is of the heart of God. We pray as we open up scripture, as we talk today, as we move forward from today, Lord, that we would hear your voice. That as we listen, we would hear what you're saying to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Christ is king. By direct correlation, this means that we are not. Christ is king. This means by direct correlation that no government, no power, no institution, no oppressive situation, no tragic circumstance, no story that's being told about your life, no lack, no disease, no kind of death. Christ is king. And so everything else is not. This is the word for this week. That in all we face, we, like Pilate, have a question. Are you who you say you are? As I was preparing, at this point, do I ask for a show of hands, if you've really ever asked, is Christ really king? I don't know. Maybe it's not fair to ask you all, but I'll raise a hand. I've certainly asked it in the face of situations that seem unfair. Or when the whole world seems to follow something entirely unchristlike, when everything looks like anything but the kingdom of God. It's only fair, really, that we would ask, are you king? And so we turn to scripture and we see 
through the life of Jesus, those walking alongside him, through the life of the early church, that we're not the only ones who've ever asked the question. In fact, it probably would be fair to ask everyone to raise a hand because maybe it's something that we need to recognise more than we do. That the world should call us to question whether Christ is really king. And then if we're to take a step back as we should and seek justice, love kindness, walk humbly, we land right back at the most important question, which isn't, is Christ king of the situations that I face, but is Christ king of my life? Because this is the kind of faith that being in Christ invites us into. That while everything around us may, may not look as if Christ is king. That while others may not live as though Christ is king and the world, even creation itself, appears like nothing is going the way that it should, we ask the question, what role do I play? Because really that's all we have responsibility for. Not to correct everything or decide whether Christ is king over everything. But to ask, what am I responsible for? In the space that I'm in, the relationships that I have, the places that I go, the work that I do, the things that I say, the way that I love. Is Christ the king? Sometimes that invites us into spaces where we ask bigger questions of what's going on or even are invited into making changes. I believe in the power of transformation. I believe that the gospel is the good news for the whole world. I believe that it is, as God says it is, good news. And so that means as I make Christ king in my life and take responsibility for what is in my hand, that I believe that God does something supernatural in what little we bring. And he makes something out of our mostly nothing. And in little ways around us, Christ is king. We see it from time to time, the ways that Christ is king. Sometimes we don't call it that. I've seen it described as things like thin places. Those places where heaven and earth are almost intangibly connected. You know, like it, 
there's so little that is separating it that it, it feels like the presence of God is made real in the midst of his people. Sometimes we call it the presence of God. Sometimes people share stories that they find move them in ways that they can't explain because it looks like something that testifies to this kingdom that Jesus talks about even if they don't even know the name of Jesus. So maybe they don't say Christ is king but they say something like there's something incredible about this. What is it about this thing that's happening? They call it a kind of truth. Maybe a, an act of the universe. Sometimes as Christians, we recognize the presence of God. We call it the spirit moving. We witness to the things that, that lead us into a space of knowing more about who God is. But all of these things say Christ is king. I want you to take a moment and think about the last thing that you saw and something in you, whether you would call it your spirit or your heart, something in you said, that's the kind of right I want to see more of. When was the last time you saw something like that? We see a good news story. We see a moment between our kids when in some kind of supernatural fashion they take a selfless moment to, to do something for one another. We see it in acts of reconciliation. We see it when humility is displayed by those it's not required of. We see it in acts of graciousness and forgiveness when it's deeply undeserved. We see a kind of truth that declares Christ is king. This is the kind of witness that the church is invited into. This is the kind of space that we're to hold in the world. Through the Christ is king, the Sunday that we recognize that is the, the turn of the seasons. And we begin to ce celebrate Advent, recognize the depth of need in the world for a king. Recognize the anticipation of hope, a weary world that's waiting for good news. And it completes a season where we've taught about the kingdom and the kind of things that Jesus leads us in, invites us to live according to the kind of instructions that we have that lead us to being more like he calls us to be. 
And so as we come to this end, as the church, we have a week, maybe two, to reflect, to pause and ask God, what are you inviting us into? What this year has looked like, Christ is King. What as we move on is going to need to look more like that if we're going to be that kind of witness in the world. What in our lives looks like Christ is King? And what do we need to change moving forward? What are we going to allow the Advent time, this anticipation to build in us what's going to be necessary There's one more passage from today that I want to read. It's in Colossians chapter 1. And from verse 11. May you be made strong with all the strength that comes from his glorious power. And may you be prepared to endure everything with patience while joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God the firstborn of all creation. For in him all things in heaven and earth were created, things visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or powers, all things have been created through him and for him. He himself has, is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he might come to have first place in everything. For in him all the fullness of God is pleased to dwell, and through him God was pleased to reconcile all things to himself, whether on earth or in heaven, by making peace through the blood on the cross. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. In him, who is Jesus. The strength that comes from his glorious power is the kind of strength that looks like making peace by the shedding of his blood on the cross, by choosing not to take up the sword, by choosing not to submit, to the ways of the world, but instead surrendering, handing over his life, preferring death to taking up the kind of power that looks nothing like the kingdom that he spoke of. Through him, God was pleased to reconcile all things to himself. All things reconciled to God. That's what it looks like when Christ is king.
It looks like families put back together. It looks like families created where there wasn't one before. It looks like a child who finds a place where he didn't have one before. It looks like the stranger who becomes a brother. It looks like a community where people from all walks of life, from all spaces in this crazy corner of the earth that we call Perth, who come and become family, in spite or despite all of our differences. Christ is king. It looks like students who find their place here, who are loved well by staff, who are taught well, who are led through the difficulties that they face, who have the support of all the things that they need, from education to therapy to practical assistance to the opportunity to connect with a community of faith, if they so choose. Who come in one way and go out seeing hope, maybe for the first time. Who come in having been told that they would get nowhere and go out with direction. Who come in disengaged and go out knowing community, imperfect as it may be, but connected. Christ is King. What does it look like for you when Christ is King? What is the hope that you anticipate as we move into these next few weeks that's going to require us to lean into the faith when it doesn't look like it all fits together. Sometimes it's something that we see and sometimes it's the rock that we cling to. Some days it'll be everything we see and some days it'll feel like we can't see it at all and then we choose to remember Christ is King. I know there's been times in my life where I would have had no trouble singing songs like the ones we sing most Sundays. I would have had no trouble sharing the joy or or telling the story that, that Christ is King. I feel like as a young person, when I walked into church, it was almost everything that the world said was not possible. You know, for people of all ages to be doing good in the world together and to be supportive with no, you know, no requirement, no, uh, you know, you don't owe anything back. 
to be part of something bigger than yourself. Everything looked like something as easy as saying Christ is King, as singing the songs that we sing. But then there's days that it doesn't look like that. You know, you wake up and you realise that the things that you felt like should have worked out didn't. You turn on the news. I think I'd probably been a Christian about 10 years when I feel like the whole world changed around 2001. I started to see things that didn't look as I thought they should look. This isn't the promise or the hope or the reality where everyone is loved well and lives well. That I always thought that, you know, a simple story of of success and cooperation would get everyone to that. You know, things started to come apart on a very big level in the world that I think made a lot of people question whether Christ could really ever be king and some of the things done in the name of Christ made people question whether Christ was king. He had a few things to say about that. Not everyone who says Lord, Lord and all of that. Personal circumstances, loss, difficulties, Things come apart. It's harder to say Christ is king. People who you trust, who you once stood next to, to sing those songs, sometimes fail at being the kind of picture that we're supposed to be in community. But Christ is king. It's a kind of faith that surpasses all understanding. It's a kind of foundation that doesn't make sense. But it's the kind of promise that is the only one that's left to hold on to when the world is the way that it is. It's the kind of promise that only a God who submits himself unto death could reveal a better way forward for. It's the kind of reality that exists even when everything tangible says that it doesn't. And so we come and get together every week and stand alongside each other and remind each other. We sing songs that sometimes don't make sense. We come when we need to and when we don't need to. Because the week that you don't need to be here, maybe the person that's next to you needed you to be here. We come and sing the songs even when they don't make sense because maybe we need to be reminded that one day they can make sense again. We're invited to celebrate 
when sometimes it doesn't feel like there's anything left to celebrate. Because it invites us into the hope that one day all things will be reconciled to him. All things will be made new. Christ is king. I invite the band to come back. We've talked often about what it looks like when Christ is king. We share a benediction every week that speaks about what it looks like to go out into the world in a way that looks like Christ is king. We witness to one of the ways which we can make that real in our world right now when we come around the table and we receive communion together as one family in a way that speaks to the world and says Christ is king. Those who needed to be here and those who didn't this week. Those who it was easy for and those who are so glad you're sitting alongside them. Those who don't know what the future holds. Those who say easily today Christ is king and those who have found it really hard for a really long time. We come together around one table and say Christ is king. And in the little brief moment, he is. I love that story when the disciples are on the road and Jesus is walking alongside them after he's resurrected and they don't recognize him. What is it with everyone not recognizing Jesus? It's like they think he's a gardener, which is funny. And then they tell him about what happened as if he doesn't know because they don't know that it's him. And then it says as they broke bread and shared at the table, their eyes were opened and they saw recognized that he was in their midst. Wherever he's present, Christ is king. Wherever two or more are gathered, there he is in their midst. Wherever we can be reconciled to one another, like that verse that I read from Colossians, wherever that is true, he is present and Christ is king. why it says that they'll know by how you love one another because when you love well Christ is king he's made present and so for a few moments every week here around the table Christ is king no matter what else goes on in the world Christ is king Christ is king. So this is the table. Not of the church, but of the Lord. It's made ready for those who love God and those who want to love God more. So come.
You who have much faith and you who have a little. You who have tried to follow Jesus. You who have failed in following Jesus. And you who have just decided to follow Jesus today. Come. Let nothing keep you from love's feast. Let nothing empty this table of its power. Leave judgment behind and receive mercy. Leave indifference behind and recognize God's family. Leave now if necessary. Go be a forgiver and then run back because it is the Lord who invites us. It is God's will that those who desire Christ by the power of the Holy Spirit would encounter him here. So come. Church, we come as we are, but we are sent out not the same. Sanctuary, he speaks over us a new name to bless and rebuild this city. So we go, broadcast good news for the poor, let the blind see, set free the oppressed, live jubilee. Let it be in his liberating grace that pardons and empowers sinners like us to participate in God's kingdom of mercy. And all God's people said, Amen.